Welcome to Tawana Talks, where I give my reflections on simple life experiences that lend themselves to life. Welcome to Tawana Talks back. Um, And I am here with the fabulous uh, Martia Edwards, but also um, known as Tia. Those who love and know her cause for Tia. Um, and so you will grow to love and know her as well and be able to follow Tia also. But Tia has agreed to join me here on Tawana Talkbacks, and I'm so excited about that. Let me just tell you a little bit about Tia. She is a fabulous, fabulous, most patient boy mom. She has <laughs> two little ones. She is a wonderful uh, wife, and she has her and her husband are raising two little ones, but they are also... Yeah expecting another one another uh, boy. and another boy. <laughs> so Tia is all the way, all the way boy mom. Now, before we dive into you, Tia, because I want um, the audience to know um, more about you and who you are and um, who you show up as in your personal life and in your professional life, as well as the life of your children and your husband. But I want to ask a more important question. Okay. Is Tia. Okay. So I am a believer. Like you said, I'm a wife, I'm a boy mom, I'm a mental health therapist, but I'm also learning to use my voice more, which is so exciting while I'm eating food with you right now. But like, I'm learning to utilize the voice that God has given me. Um, I just want to be more open. I want to share more because as you know, I talk with Tawana all the time. I am very vulnerable. I am very transparent. When you catch me one-on-one, we will talk for hours. Yes, yes. But I want to use my voice more to share with others. Yeah. Um, I want to just show the world, like, you know, tell the world about all the testimonies I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to just become the woman of God, you know, that he's called me to be. Ultimately, it's where I'm at right now. So I'm on, like, this journey of self-discovery, mm-hmm. being, you know, just being a leader. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I, I, I like the becoming. I like to challenge that a little bit more and say continue mm-hmm. to be because we are always becoming. I think absolutely. Um, and so, shout outs to Michelle Obama for that book. I was waiting for her to give me a call back. So <laughs> she probably was calling up. I had changed my number, Michelle. So if you just reach out to me on here. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, that's that's wonderful. I want to go back to what you said because the one thing that you highlighted in your um, fabulousness um, and your number one important job is you know, obviously the boy mom and being a wife and a woman of God um, but the not no but however the highlight that you have a voice like you and I mm-hmm. can talk all the time but you are a mental health therapist right that right there especially not just in the time that we've been in um, post-COVID during COVID and all the things um, I think that that profession has been highlighted even more. Typically, yes. and I know you can speak more to this, people seek mental health counseling when something is wrong. Yes. But I think the pandemic has also highlighted and made sure that people understood that it's just a, a, a part of life that should be incorporated in their right. daily life because right. it helps to, um, what, I, what I say is, and, and by no means am I the professional in this, I just have small training <laughs> for it. But what I, what I say is when, in my career as an educator, when I would talk to students, I would tell them, it's almost like having a file cabinet of files. Mm-hmm. And when you're going through something and they're all scattered over the floor. 
and you're looking at it and to you, you're like, this is a mess. This is a utter mess. I can't get it together. I can't, I can't do this. Yeah. But when you speak to someone like a counselor, they're able help able to help you put those things in the yeah. appropriate files and file them away. So now you see, oh, all of those papers belong to this. And so mm -hmm. you can go from this big pile to only four folders and you're like, oh, this is more manageable and they help yes. you navigate that. Talk to us a little bit about that. I think it's also you'll be able to notice like what goes with what. Mm -hmm. So like a lot of times, what is the root cause of your anger or what is the root cause of this anxiety? So by looking through all those papers, you're able to say, oh, actually everything goes into this folder. Mm. Like, oh, so this has been the biggest issue. And I've been thinking that this mm. is really the issue. Mm. So I think that's interesting sometimes. I do believe counseling should be used more as a preventative measure more often than it is. Yeah, like yeah. you said, most people, they come when they're in crisis. And it's like, you feel harder. It, it feels harder to like accomplish your goals during that time because you're like frustrated. Like, okay, I've been coming to therapy for a month now. And right. I'm not noticing any improvement. And I was like, well, you kind of came like when everything was just yeah. like so I do think you know more people I have some clients now who are just starting to see like I would say majority of my caseload kids are coming in from divorce and separated families mm -hmm. I would say about 80% of my caseloads are experiencing that small wow. kids and a lot of times mom will want to bring them in or dad wants to bring them in and the other parent doesn't because the other parents like, they're fine. Like, why are they coming in? But the other parents are like, so that we don't have to deal with certain issues moving forward. Like, let's just go to see if they're okay. Right. Like, you announced that you were getting divorced, and two weeks later, one parent wants to start therapy, and the other is like, you don't need therapy. They're fine. And it's like, I'm like, it could be helpful to start therapy. That's big to tell yeah. your children that you're divorced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So going back to your voice. Um, I just want to, you know, commend you one on being on here because I know we talked about that, yes. and two, um, really highlight that your voice is big, mm -hmm. uh, even in the small spaces, because what you're doing is you're giving um, a perspective and you're giving a light to those that come that can't figure it out on their own, um, or are looking for someone to help them, not necessarily figure it out, someone that you don't. This is not your problem. This is what you have to do. But right. you help to nav help them to navigate. And so that voice that you are there, it, it creates a legacy and it you know resounds. So thank you for doing that. And then you you mentioned about you know um, working with children and being able to look at the things that are happening in their lives and how those things affect them. And so so um, you you talked about the the talk that I did on. You should should do it in that talk. Just um, you should go and listen to it if you haven't. Yes, but, you should. <laughs> <laughs> for that talk, I talked about um, giving a kid, giving kids a voice and mm -hmm. um, allowing them respecting their voice. Yes, and allowing them, and so realizing that sometimes as parents we have demanding tones and don't realize mm -hmm. um, that they're demanding. And what does that teach our children as well as how does that value them? Not that that's our intention. Yeah. Um, so why did that um, kind of resonate with you? I think because a lot of times I tell my clients' parents that like, let's give our children a voice. And I think so often, I don't know if it's a cultural thing, but 
we don't respect our children. We feel like because they're young, like they don't have feelings, so they can't feel any way, and we get to just tell them what to do all day. Like, yes, we do have to protect them, and of course, we do like give them instructions and directions that they're expected to follow, but we don't respect our kids all the time as a society. And I just love what you said, like, you know, she was asking, well, she didn't ask you about her job. She was asking you, you were going to give her your thoughts and right, your opinion right. on what you thought she should do with her artwork. Right, right. And it's so natural, right? Like, I, I would always tell parents, like, let's try not to do X, Y, and Z. But since becoming a parent, I see how easy and natural it is to want to offer those suggestions to your kids. Because you're also just thinking, like, oh, well, I do think it would look better this way. Um, and it, it made me think about something that happened last week that I cannot wait to get on here and share with you. But we were in the store, so we took Jackson to get some new shoes. And he's starting to now, he's three, but he's starting to say, like, I like these shoes, or, you know, pick out things. And so he picked out some shoes. He needs to come to Tyrese. And he's like, like, he wants to try them on. And he's like, I like these shoes. And Tyrese is like, I don't like these. <laughs> he, he goes, Tyrese is like, uh, Jackson, I don't like these shoes. And Jackson, my three-year-old says, Jackson likes them. <laughs> and me and Tyrese looked at each other and we started laughing. And we were like, okay. And I was like, that's right, son. You like them. Yeah. And so we started laughing. Tyrese was like, what am I Exactly, like, right. exactly. So it just made me think like if we continue to do that to our children, just tell them what they should do, how it will look better, what we like better, how will they cope when children in school do those things? Right, right. Or wow. their teachers. So like I don't need a little kid telling my son, like, I don't like your shoes, and that just ruining his whole day. He's crying and we can't like I want him to be able to say, Jackson likes them. Yeah. I or like even even other kids saying you got to do this, you should do this, and yes. because that's what they're used and to being told. Yes. So it's like, oh, I don't, I, I, I'm not supposed to speak up yes. for myself. I'm not supposed to say other things. Yes. Or on the flip side, they could be the one saying you should, you should, you right. should, because that's what they always hear. Right. Um, and then that inter interprets as you're being bossy, you're being, you know, you're being yes. this, you're being that, you're not being a team player. Exactly. Yeah. Especially the HR kids are at so like even in school if they're working on art in school or if they're building something with magnetic tiles or something like that, you know, we really want to be cautious. Like, we don't want to just say, like, oh, you should do it this way. Mm -hmm. Because kids at school, they, you know, a lot of times I'll see my kids in the playroom, they're like, do you like this? Like, do you like yeah, this? Yeah, they're looking for acceptance, right? Yeah, right. so normally I'll always say, well, do you do like, you like it? it? Yeah. And then they'll say, and I'm like, okay, I can see by that smile on your face that you really like right. it. You're really proud of yourself. You work really hard on this picture. It doesn't yeah. really matter if I like it or not. It just matters if you like it. Yeah. And so it's much easier to do that in a playroom than it is with my own kids. I will admit, because yeah. naturally, and that goes negatively or positively, mm -hmm. right? Like, we want to be, you know, careful to not always say, oh, that's so beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Because when you really feel that way, but then if you really don't and you're looking at the picture, you can't quite tell what it is. They're going to pick up on that same energy like, oh, well, that's oh, a horse? No, it's you. Oh, wow. Oh, oh. Okay. And then you're like, oh, you don't like it. Because you didn't say it was so beautiful when you did last, you know? So I just try, like, 
is a literally just scribble. I don't know what it is, right? And I'm like, oh wow, you're really proud of that. <laughs> so like that's yeah. how I'll like address it now rather than saying, that's so beautiful. Right, right. Right. Because there will be some times they're gonna bring some artwork that like, you may not think is beautiful, and yeah. that's okay, but they're proud of their artwork. Right. So like how do you not like just shut them down or diminish creativity? Yeah. So you just wanna make sure that you're respecting your children and what they're doing. No, I think that that's really important. There was something, I don't know if it was a talk that I attended or something I was reading or training I was in or whatever, but I remember, um, and it's something I try to do and I'm not perfect by it, but yeah. I remember when, um, when my other children were younger that when they present something to you or they show you something instead, or even their work or whatever, mm -hmm. instead of saying things like, I'm proud of you, which of them is saying things like, you should be really proud of yourself you, exactly. because then they can have self-validation exactly. and not looking for the validations of others bringing it to you. I was, um, a clip came on from Kevin Hart. Uh, I want him to give me a call back too. <laughs> he probably called me. That probably was him calling me. Yeah, on that was. Um, Kevin. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was listening to a clip from him and it was funny, but it resonated with me because he said, um, he was like, he is the dad that probably unordinary I can't remember his exact words that accepts you know the crazy stuff mm -hmm. and he was like for instance his son came home and um got a c plus or a c minus on something and it was a class that he had been struggling with yeah. and that was the best and so Gavin was like oh this this is good um you, you can put this on the refrigerator if you want <laughs> and his son was like the c was like you, know, you saw my son you would be like I didn't even get hear that he was like, but what I'm saying is, I know that he had been struggling right. at this, and so this was his best because he was struggling, right. and so therefore I want to celebrate his success in that. You don't need every, you don't need to ascribe to do something that somebody else did. Don't try to be like me. If like science was my thing, math exactly. was my thing, right. that was may not have been my children's thing. So I can't be like, what are you gonna end this? Like, if I know that you were giving it your all, so that's what he was saying. If I know that you gave it your all, then I'm going to celebrate you in that and say, right. yes, you did your you did your best. This is this is yeah. great, you know, work. Don't try to be like somebody else or get that's what their success is. Right. Success is like a, 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 a objective type of measure. Right. It can't be like, well, you did this. I have to do that. Like, that may not be your capacity. They may yeah. not be even your calling. They might not even be your strength. Like, even when it comes to art, yeah. My daughter sometimes says, this is not really good. And she sometimes is measuring it up to what my son does. He's an yeah. artist. But she is too. I'm like, art is very subjective, honey. Like, you right. ain't, your art is your art. Like, yeah. whatever it is, that's your art. You can't judge it. So I was like, well, there's a better. What's better? Like, I try to tell her stuff like, she'll be like, this wasn't that much fun. I'm like, there's no such thing. You can't measure fun. <laughs> Did you have fun or you didn't? Right. Like, this isn't that much. Like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> Some of the work they do was a level eight, was a level ten, especially if it's giving it your all. That's very good. It made me think about like I was never good at math, but my mom is really good at math. Like she's an accountant, and my brother's really good at math. And in what year was this? Can you imagine? No, it might have been my freshman year in college. Either my freshman year in college or my freshman year in high school. Okay. I don't remember. 
But either way, I had a seat in my math class, like a firewood. And I've always been like, I made good grades, but math was not it. And I remember crying and being so frustrated mm. and thinking my mom was gonna, like, I don't know what she's like, because I had never made a seat before. And she was like, did you try your best? And I was like, I did. And she was like, okay. Then you got mom. That's all you can do. You trash your best. You do better next time. Yeah, yeah. And I remember, like, that changing the game for me. Like, then I remember the next math class, I made, like, an A. And I was like, how did I do this? You know? But I think that was one thing that I can appreciate about my mom. Like, she didn't make a big deal about the things that she knew, like, like she worked really hard. It's like, why am I going to like make her feel worse? Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we do that with our children, mm-hmm. just like, like I said, as a society, like you already know you're not doing well with something. Sometimes, right, right. sometimes it really is a struggle. They don't need you just highlighting it and just hitting them over the head all the time. You know, it's that, it's that empathy measure, which, which honestly, I struggle with. Yeah, when it comes to. And just being really transparent here, when it comes to things that you are doing that you know right. could lead to a problem, and then it happens, you're like, "Ooh, you got a new." Like if you're jumping off the top of the stairs and you fall and hurt yourself, right. I'm like, "Well, you knew that was a possibility." Exactly. Somebody said something. I think I shared this with you before. Somebody said something to me that helped to kind of shift my focus in that area. I still feel that way and I'm working at it. Like when it comes to things like, right. I know you tried your hardest or, you know, when people are being mistreated and things like that, my empathy barometer is hot. Yeah. I'm like, I can empathize with this. I can feel this. I, this I, let's talk about how you feel. But when it comes to things like that, was kind of like, it's like a 90, 10 mm-hmm. chance. Like it was right. going to happen. Um, and, but they said something very profound to me and they said, um, you know, I get where you're coming from. People do things that they know could be a possibility. Why cry when you knew that was an option? But that does not diminish the pain that was there. Right. That was felt. And I was like, oh. And now I'm still thinking, like, what pain went there? It's like, yeah, <laughs> but it is. There. And it so is it does there. not take away the fact that they feel the pain from the said action. Yes. And so that helped me as a parent because, you know, quite honestly, like, my daughter is, is very active. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she, you know, has ADHD and she's her brain. That's how God made her. Um, yeah. And so she thinks 20 steps ahead and she loves, she's a creative and she's a gymnast. And I've noticed her gymnastic capabilities before she was able to walk. I was like, I cannot put enough barricades around this house. She's <laughs> crawling over. I'm like, this is crazy. This is a star. But so she used to climb on top of the table and I'm like, get off the table. And she's like, wow. That's another thing. Like, we talk about oh, we talked about why. Why? Yeah. You know, and I want to go back to that too about the, the tone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, because you can hurt yourself. And she's like, I did this. And her mind's like, I did this a million times. I didn't right. hurt myself. Right. So that can't be the reason why. Because right. I said I could, but I didn't. So it couldn't be. And I'm just like, uh. and then if she falls, I'm like, that's what I told you. Right. It's like the pain is still there. The like, pain being is able still to say, honey, I know you made this hurt. You know, I know that really hurt. Not focusing on the action that caused it, because then we're devaluing the fact that they are feeling. Exactly. And then we can talk later about you. Okay, now let's yeah. double back. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so easy to do that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like you're, you're like, it's very easy to learn to see 
guess why I told you to get down. You had to do blah, 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 blah. You like, you just want to go. But sometimes they're kind because of pain, but also they can be kind and embarrassing mm-hmm. too, just from like, you told me not to do this and you did it and then I did exactly what they said. Whatever. You know, like, like so you just time. never even think, we don't yeah. really know what they're feeling. So yeah. sometimes with kids, they can't articulate it. But it's important sure. for us as adults to validate. Exactly. That is the number one thing. So pretty much every time I have a parent session, I'm always checking to see if they're validating feelings. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. always. Like I need to know like when your child does X, Y, and Z and these things happen. And yes, I know they have some challenging behaviors that you are frustrated with as a parent. But are you validating anything that they're doing? We mm-hmm. often think about how hard it is to be a parent. It is also hard to be a child in 2024. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to be a human. Yes, a human. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think sometimes just like I'm always checking, like, well, how, well, how did you respond to that? Well, how did you validate that feeling? Like, we always want to go there, even with gentle parenting. People think gentle parenting is just mm-hmm. you let your children walk all over you. That is not what that means. Like, gentle parenting is just a gentle approach to parenting. Yeah. Having that empathy. Exactly. Being empathetic. So, like, my child, if he continues to ask me for a snack, but I already know, like, he's had a snack and he's not getting any more until tomorrow, whatever. Some people interpret gentle parenting as, like, so, and guess what? He can still cry and have a tantrum, and I can tell him, I understand you're upset right now. Those snacks, those granola bars are so yummy. They're your favorite. Tomorrow, you'll get to have them for lunch. And let them feel those feelings. Exactly. That's true. Exactly. We, you and I, we talked about that for let them. Those feelings are real. He can have a tantrum. I think, or, okay. okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. As long as he's not hitting anybody, as long as he's not kicking, yelling, screaming, being disrespectful to us as adults, if he has a face of disgust because he's upset because he can't have a granola bar, I'm okay with that. Picture face. But we, that's, we talked about that. Like, picture face. Like, why does he have to fix his face? He's upset. He's upset. Yeah, as a, as a, a, when I was uh, a principal, I would train my staff and tell them, like, if you move a kid's seat and they're mad to move your seat, don't spend time in that. Right. Let them feel the feelings. You would be mad too. One, he's embarrassed, or she's embarrassed. Exactly. Two, they want to sit there. Those are valid feelings. But so oftentimes, like when we're, you know, in studying, like right now I'm studying the book of Joshua, but uh-huh. you know, studying, I'm reading um, Priscilla Schreier's book, um, Discerning the Voice of God. Okay. Priscilla's probably calling me now. <laughs> <laughs> you got Matthew. I got all you can call me. And, and one thing that she said, but I've heard this so many times before, even with our pastor um, teaching and things of that nature is, and, and even as an educator, this is the best way to learn something and to understand it is put yourself in those shoes. Yeah. And so if you put yourself in the shoes of the person, then you can understand how they feel. So I would tell them like, if you got moved out of exactly. your state, you're going to be upset. What makes them less of a human than you are? That's right. And I thought about that even as a parent. Like, it's really egotistical, one. Yeah. And it's really pseudo-superheroism yeah. to think that this child is such a superhero that they don't feel what I feel. Like, exactly. wait a minute. You yeah. would feel this also. I if you didn't get to get what you wanted, like, we, we I, have I, our own temper tantrum. I, 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 I
we have temper tantrums and we definitely should not be acting the way we act as adults. <laughs> we have tools yeah. and everything. We don't have the words to say how right. they're feeling sometimes. And we just act like, like literally if Jackson was, because he can't have his granola bar, fix your face. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, why do I have to yeah. do all that? You want me to give you something to cry about? <laughs> this is something to cry about. Like, let them, I, I agree with that. Let them feel their feelings because I think that and not doing that, then we raise a generation of children or people, humans, that start to um, lash out in unhealthy ways. Yes. When when you got the and not by no means am I saying that children in places hit because they their parents did not allow them right. to feel the feelings, but you have a multiplicity of that exhibit of behavior because right. they hadn't been taught to feel your feelings. Exactly. Like that's a that's a valid feeling. But honestly, you gotta know tomorrow. What we're talking about right now is just not typical. Yeah, it's not it's in not. our community. Yeah. Even as yeah, right. black people, like we feel like we get to say all those things yeah. for our kids. Yeah. We feel like like people feel like sometimes when I say certain things that I allow my kids to ask like to ask them why. Yeah. They're like, oh like I must be this parent who lets their children walk all over yeah. there. Yeah. And I think it's all about, like, I focus on, in, in my organization, I focus on helping parents to, one, remove their ego. Because right. when we got our egos first and foremost, then that means nothing else matters. Exactly. Um, so check your ego at the door. The, the second thing is changing your mindset. The way that things have been doesn't mean that that's always. We, parents, our parents, mm -hmm. did the best they could with what they had. Exactly. Yeah. Good, bad, or indifferent. However you felt about exactly. that, it's what they had. Times have changed, so yeah. we need to evolve with that. Yeah. And even more so, and I said this even like with education, like evolution happens because environments. Mm -hmm. So environmental change brings about evolution right. of the mind, evolution of, of things. So when we think about the evolution of technology, like right now we're able to record something like this because technology has evolved. Exactly. We didn't have this, you know, set years ago and things right. of that nature. Um, we're able to, you know, have cell phones in a way like earpods. We didn't have those types of things right. and things like that. But we also think about the evolution of education, the evolution of people. Right. Our children are thinking and reacting different because the environment has changed. Mm -hmm. And especially with the pandemic, that time, yeah. there was so many yes. stimuli and so much change in the world that it caused so much evolution yeah. and biological evolution yeah. of how, because evolution is the adaptation of what your world is currently right and so um that has all happened so when we think about changing your mindset going back to that um you can't think that the way that your parent did it in the 70s or the 80s is going to necessarily work and some people will say well you came out good i grew up in a different time <laughs> and, and i saw a clip like this on instagram one time it was like i came out fine and then it was like yeah but I deal with people pleasing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like all yeah. the things that we forget are yeah. still an issue. Yeah. We, we should not be people pleasing. Yeah. I, I, I came up fine, except it's almost like the medicine that when you do the commercial, like this medicine will cure stomach, you know, stomach aches, but it will give you all sort of colitis. You're like, wait. <laughs> I'm like, like, hold on. Yeah. So I think that's something to pay attention to. Yeah. You know, like, I feel like. There's so many behaviors that people have as adults right. now that they think, I turned out fine. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, but 
you know, X, Y, and Z, or you right. do this, and you right. have a hard time forgiving people, or you shut down. All those things. So it's like, let's, let's look at those things. And that's the mindset, partner, and the habits. Like, my motto is a habit becomes a way of life. And so, generating new habits. And, right. and, 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 you know, any habit is hard. Right. You know, how many times we do a habit for um, New Year's? Right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then by February 1st, you're like, oh, yeah, about that. Uh, yeah. You know, so habits are hard, and especially if that's the way you're family has done it that's what other people and then we have societal things that are coming into play like you said oh you must have to take walk over oh you must oh you so you got all of this yeah. combating with you which makes you feel bad but what would it look like if we had a community of people that supported the support you know right. that's there so when we think about like you said going back to our children they are people before they're anything else i would tell my students and my children you are a person before yeah. you're my child you're a person before you're my student you are a person. Right. And so let's treat people like people. Exactly. Regardless of the fact that that's your child. But nonetheless, even with my child being my child, my child is still a person. Right. And so although we say it's my child, she don't belong to me. Right. She's still a person. She's her own person. My older children are her own person. The same thing, you know, like with yours. So we think about the questions of why. The one thing that I talked about is, like you said, so many times in this conversation, they don't have the right verbs because they don't have the life experiences to say, what am I really trying to ask? So the only thing they know is why. And because I really want to know. I really want to know. Because again, you're just like what, Jax is three? Yeah. He's only been in the world for three years. That's not a long time. At all. You haven't even been talking that long. <laughs> it's not a long time. So like, and, and there's been so many times he's asked us why. Like like I said, he'll say, oh, I want to go to the playground. And then we're like, well, we're not kids with friends. Why? And then we'll tell him. And he's like, aww. So, like, sometimes we tell him, and he's like, oh, okay. That makes sense to me. Like, yeah. And he'll start to understand more and more. And probably yeah. will ask why less. He's never asking us, like, why in a disrespectful way or like but some just parents receive, look at that yeah, just because they're asking just because why. They're asking. Now I will say like okay so normally I have so much patience like I'm just a patient mm -hmm. person yeah. and so is Terry's very patient honestly he's way more patient than me how, I mean, how could there ever be a more patient person than you <laughs> listen this man is way more patient than me I want to be like him Aww, so much so when I grew up but he's so relationship patient. goes. <laughs> he's so patient. So normally when Jackie said why we had both agreed a while ago, because a lot of views we have we have similar views uh -huh. when it comes to parenting, very similar because we both have that no children. Mm -hmm. So normally when Jackson Jackson asks why, we know exactly how we'll respond to him. But one day I was having a little I don't know what kind of thing. Exactly. <laughs> and so Jackson life. said um, why? And that black, that old <laughs> black mom came out of me, black grandma, and I was like, don't ask me why. I, because I said, blah, 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 blah. I said what I said. Yeah, I was like, don't ask me why, because I said, that's what I told you to do, or whatever I said. And so then Terry's, I went to the other room, and Terry's like, hey. Miss Terry, now why? He was like, hey. <laughs> he was asking why, because he really, like, he just explained it all to me, and I was like, yeah, like here's the thing with parents, and I always tell parents this, and this is actually a philosophy we learned in grad school. Mm -hmm. It's not about what you do, it's about what you do afterwards. Oh, that's good, that's good, that's good. So even though my child is three, 
the person would think, you don't have to go back to that. It's over. You told him at the end of the day, you're the parent. He knows. Those synapses start to build and that develops how no, they're no, going no. to talk to you later. So yeah. I still go back to him mm -hmm. and I say, Jackson, you can ask me why. The reason why X, Y, and Z is because X. I still go back to address mm -hmm. it because that is not how I had been responding to him by just saying, because I said so, you know what I'm saying? So I also don't want to like leave the conversation like that yeah. because he's also like, whoa, clear. You know, that doesn't happen. That brings up a good point to even going back to what we said. If this is how you, how you have always been behaving in a way like, oh, I said so. It's not, it's never too late. Like you it's just said, never too it's not late. about how you respond, it's about what you do after. after it's never too late do. to go back and say, hey, you know, I know that I've been responding this way. I am working on changing and being able to do yes. something in a different way that helps to, you know, cultivate our relationship, bring us back together, whatever words it's you need to use at the appropriate age. But going back and, and doing that, I mean, I know I've experienced that with my grown children, exactly. even as being adults, yeah. relationships, having with friends, my, my younger child. Um, I, because your expertise is in mental health, um, I want to talk a little bit about um, like neurodivergent brains and ADHD because that's just my passion. Yeah. But even just going not so much specific in that, knowing that um, working with ADHD children, and I'm sure that you've come across working with children as well. But in my experience, what I've recognized is things are um, are black and white to some yeah, degree, right. but black and white in their mind. And so oftentimes children with ADHD need to know why, because that helps them to understand the world for all children, right. but they need, things have to make sense to them yeah. to do it. So I'll give you an example. My daughter is very mathematically inclined. Like mm -hmm. She can look at a problem like answer 62. Wow. And I'd be like, one, two, three, three, one. <laughs> You're and right. I'm like, well, no, my kids. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, and I gotta look at it. Or I'll be like, um, no, this way you do this problem. And she'll come up with another way. No, you take the 10, you add the thing, and I get that. I'm like, hmm, that's another way to do it. Good. But, you know, in school, they want you to show your work. And so <sighs> the black and white part is the words that you use. So I'll say to her, like, I'm like, you have to show your work. And she's like, why? I'm like, because you have to. What she hears is have to. What she hears is, the only way to get the answer is if I do it. Same thing like the yeah. on the table, like right. you said. And so she's like, "No, I don't have to." In someone's eyes who doesn't know, yeah. this is the this is the the gentle parenting versus not even when it yes. comes to children ADHD. You're looking like you're being disrespectful. Exactly. I said, "Show your work." You have to do it because I said so. And you're and looking, so, and she's like, "No, I actually don't have right. to show it." And she's frustrated because she's like, "No, I don't have to." And it's not a combative, like, I'm not doing what you're saying. She's like, I got the answer. It's 62. And so then I have to be creative in my mind and saying, well, you don't have to show it to get the answer. Hmm. I can either say the teacher would like for you to show it. That may not be good enough for her, like, that's a lot of work for me because right. that's what you desire. I desire not to, you know, right. and not, you know, and that gets in a, in a tricky space too when it comes to talking back, but knowing your kid well enough. So my, my answer to her has to be things like, I know she's a leader and I know she likes to help other people succeed. And so I have to look at it and say, you know, showing your work may help someone else get the right answer or may help someone else understand. So when you're showing your work, the teacher can have another way of explaining it because the way that you just explained it to me, I would have never thought to do it that way. And then she's like, hmm. 
Well, if that's the case, yeah. I do want to show a little Jimmy yeah. how to get to this. experience been with um, coming up with some tools to help parents who are navigating through um, raising children with ADHD and just raising small children because although they you know may not have ADHD they exhibit a lot of traits right. because they're still learning in, in the world. world yes exactly like I said one of the things I'm always talking to parents about is validating feelings because even for a child who has ADHD you a parent who does not have ADHD do you really know what it feels like? Right, that's true. So, like, validating what they're showing you. Like, oh, this seems, this is frustrating for you. This okay. is confusing to you. Like, you're wondering why do you have to show your work when you know how to find an answer without showing your work. You know, so always validating feelings and just being more empathetic, like you said. Like, respecting your children, really trying to tap into how you would feel. Right. Um, and I think also <laughs> systems and routines help. That's true. Systems and routines. But yes. continuous yes. routines. Just because you have a system today, and then tomorrow you have a system, but it's different than today, that is yep. a, a recipe for disaster. Yep. yep. <laughs> and I think advocating for your children is one of the biggest things. Not only in the schools, but also around friends and family. That because that's the biggest thing for me when yeah. I'm learning how to navigate. Um, I just want to be able to say, oh, it's fine. You know, like I want to be able yeah. to just. And in that space, you can say to the person, I said what I said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I because your child's watching and they want to know how are you going to take Are you going to be my safe space? Exactly. So advocating for your kids. If they're struggling with. Uh, you know, symptoms of ADHD and someone's calling them out on it, but in your head, you're like, they're actually doing great. Like, instead of just letting them say something to your child, also, we're not going to be disrespectful either, but, like, how do you then address that? How do you show your child that, I have your back? Yeah, yeah. You know, because a lot of times they feel alone. Yeah. If yeah. they have any type of diagnosis or ADHD, they feel like, they're different from yeah. some people. So how can you let them know, like, I love you unconditionally. Yeah. I have your back. You know? And I just think that's what, you know, all children, like, you know, all like children you said, even like, like with yeah. being able to gentle care enough, people, like, you must, you know, older parents, older folks oh, yeah. always got something to say. You know? oh. No disrespect to my older <laughs> parents. I mean, because I know at one time, at any, any time, I would be there, but, you know, the older generation will be the first to say, uh-uh, that ain't the way you do it, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, and no disrespect to that, but being able to advocate for your child in that space where you understand what's going on, you're, you know, parenting that child and you're, and, and we're not just parenting our three and our eight-year-old, we're parenting our 23 and our 28-year-old yeah. because we know that what we do is not what we do in that moment, it's how you come back to it later, right. that they're going to be older. And I thank God that I'm in a space where I have one here and I have two here. Yeah. And so those two made me and this one shows me but i'm able to reflect oh i didn't do a great job at that talk to me about that with them they right. counsel me yeah. so that i can do a you know a better yeah. job with this one and being you know conscientious about that but again being able to show up in spaces and places 
where you're advocating for your own your own child and teach them how to advocate for themselves yeah, yeah. i think that's important too so they'll be able to see that one of my things now is teaching jackson even to have how to use his voice mm-hmm. um jackson was born in 2020 so he's a COVID baby and he stayed at home i remember his he was dad. coming into uh, yeah <laughs> to eat him because he stayed home with me until he's for like a year and a half yeah. he didn't see anybody anybody so if you see him now, he still walks in the room, he stands behind my leg, he's very close yeah. to us, he's very slow to warm up mm-hmm. to people, and that's okay, right? Um, I always say, like, that's fine, Jace. That's that evolution of, yeah, like, the, exactly. what does the environment do? Yes. You know, so, so he's like, yeah. And now he's three, so that means he had a year, only a year and a half in, and a year and a half exactly. A year and a half, he's literally with me and his dad right. every day. We both work from home. We weren't going anywhere. Right. So he really, like, he struggles sometimes in large settings. Mm-hmm. He gets very quiet. And a lot of times people think, oh, like, what is wrong? Like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's three years old. And I'm like, you really don't know. Like, he's not used to seeing this many people. Yeah. So he stays close to us. And he will warm up. But he's also kind of like me in one-on-one settings. But I noticed that. He'll act, he talks a lot at home. <laughs> a lot. He's been doing all the talking. Yes, but if he, let's say he would have come here and he wants some fruit, he'll be like, and I'm like, not saying you, should, yeah. you can talk very well. I know you can. Like, you should voice and ask for fruit. Yeah. And I'm doing that because I also want him to know whatever space he's in, he can ask for what he needs. He can ask for what he wants. He doesn't have to be afraid to ask. And if a person says no, they say no, but I just want him to know he can ask. You can still ask, right? No. Yeah. That, that's so that's I'm, good. So, like, part of me, like, a lot of times, what we're doing to better ourselves, our children are watching. So, we're modeling their behavior. So, me learning to use my voice more, I don't know how it could impact my children, but they learn to use their voice more. Like, I'm not really aware of how yeah. they're even paying attention to that, but you just have to never know, right? Right. There was one thing, and then we'll um, kind of close out, but one thing that I wanted to bring up that we talked about that I think lends itself to this conversation that I, we just, we, we went on so long talking about this. That <laughs> we need talking. I mean, yeah, the, the one thing that I'm going to bring up, we went on so long, I think that it really is important to mention here. We talked about, you know, how, you know, back in the day when somebody's like, say hi, like your kid, somebody says hi to your kid, like, you can speak to that or give them a hug. And, and yes. that goes back to what we talk about advocating for your child and mm-hmm. let your child be a, a person yes. and a human. And so we teach them not to talk to strangers. And the strangers yeah. come up in the grocery store, they say hi. Like my son, who's 23, would literally be in the cart and someone would come say hi. He would physically turn around and like, oh, and I would have to tell them, oh, he doesn't talk to strangers. Mm-hmm. And just look at them like, you're a stranger. Why would you come up to a kid yes. and talk to them? And I mean, I get the trying to be nice and everything. He's like, oh, he can talk, teach him to be polite. Teaching yes. them to be polite is not teaching them to talk to strangers. Or when they, they walk into the room, he would walk right. into my mom's house and he wouldn't say a thing yet because it took him a moment. Exactly. And my mom's like, he can speak. And I'm like, well, give him a moment. And she's like, he'll come up to you speak. I'm like, but he's human. And he's, he's a little bit of an introvert. Yeah. Um, and so we talked about that, yeah. like, you know. With uh, the kids. Yeah, being respectful. Kind of like, yeah, yeah, because people will. I mean, not being respectful, but advocating for your child. And exactly. When people think your child is disrespectful or they're not friendly. But they're being a human. Yeah, and they're still a kid. <laughs> right, right, right. So they're still learning the environment. Like, yeah, I mean, I, you may be auntie so and so, but I may only see you every couple of months. 
And yeah. so I, you know, or whatever, or walking into a room full of people, yeah, you all may know all of these people, but then we also have to look at how do you see them? Like I remember um, my one friend said that her, her daughter drew a picture of her back when she was like three and it was like a head, arms and legs right out of the head. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward a couple of years later, her son drew a picture and looked almost identical. And I was like, dang, is this how they see us? Right. Like, it's funny because how do they see things? So we may be referencing our neck and they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. All I see is the head, arms, <laughs> arms. And so our conversation becomes crazy because they're looking at us like, what are you talking about? And we're like, what do you mean? Right. You know, I know for me, what COVID has showed me through you know parenting and and and, and education and being an administrator during that time was no understanding that we are the only people that see out of the eyes that we have. Right. So it is not it is not relationship building behavior when we assume that the way that we see it is the only way right. or the right way because what you see may be different. So when we think about kids, if two children drew the same picture that same age, like oh dang, you don't see leg, you don't see feet, right. you don't see. <laughs> Right. And so thinking about when a kid walks into a room full of people, you may know all these people, but to them, it could be like, ah, and everybody's bigger than me. And it's just, you know, it can be intimidating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is one of the things like when Jackson goes places, I'm like, go give them a hug. That's yeah. your son, such and such. You need it. No. Like, I say, this is Jackson, and I'll hold his hand. And when he feels comfortable and he wants to walk around, he can't. Yeah. You know, and, and, and sometimes I'll ask him, like, I'll say, Do you want to say hi? Or do you want to give, like, they'll try to give a fist bump. Like, do you want to give a fist bump? And I'm like, No, you don't have to. Like, if he says no, like, he does not have to. Right. He does right. not have to give a fist bump. I think Colin had said um, something in one of her sentences where she said, We, I forget the name of the title, but she said, When she sent Abby into soccer, she's like, Go make friends. Like, uh-huh. like we don't just go and make right. friends. Right. That's what we right. go and like, Going friends, like, yeah. <laughs> you just have to remember that. And, and I mean, this is even deeper. This is like a whole nother conversation that we can touch on another time. But, like, also when parents or not parents, but just people in general try to say, Oh, if you don't give me a hug, and yeah, yeah, you're not talking giving, about that. Yeah. I will not like something mm-hmm. that you don't you even you're not getting, you know, this dollar, yeah, no, <laughs> that, that, and that's a for sure, but I'm glad you brought that up because I definitely want to talk about that in a later time. But yeah, um, teaching our children the bribe to be bribed to do yes. things that you know get respecting your space. Like this is my space. In I don't want body. to hug. And I don't want yeah. to. Even even as parents ourselves, what I've been really focusing on is not saying. And we said this too. I remember. I don't say to my give me a kiss. Exactly. May I have a kiss? Yeah. May I have a hug? Because I don't want you to feel like you have to allow me into your personal space. You yes. all, and that goes back to yes, you're my child, but you don't belong to me. I don't just you get to. still don't yeah. have to give me a hug and kiss. Like right. that's something. Even with Jackson, when it goes back to um, when he has tantrums sometimes, and I can tell he's just so flustered. I'll be like, "You need a hug? Would you like a hug? I'm right. here if you need one. And he'll come over and he'll hug me, and so that always helps him calm down. I'm right. realizing that. And so I think about three weeks ago, he was having like a tantrum about something. And he said, huh, oh, huh. And I said, okay. So I give him a hug. And guess what, parents? Even if you're mad or you're frustrated at their behaviors, they still need a hug. That's that empathy that you're talking about. You're so mad, you don't want to hug them. You're so mad, you don't want to hug them. 
Pay me to hug, you know, sometimes. So that's what I've been asking him for. And I realized, like, that physical touch is so important for him. Uh-huh. So, like, during those, he calms down immediately uh-huh. after a hug. So I'm like, so now, and I'm like, I didn't even realize that he really understood what I was asking. Like, I thought, but him asking me for one yeah. way, I was like, oh, God. Like, he's awesome. like, he's recognizing, like, I need her to break through. Yeah, now. yeah, that's my safe space. And yeah. that, that, that's, even though I'm mad at it, that she said I can have something, I still want to have her. Yeah. <laughs> and that vice versa, like you said, even though you may have made me upset by yes. doing this as my child. I still right. want to you to know that I still love you. Like my child always when she's in trouble, she'll say something like, But do you still love me? And I'm like, I will never stop loving you. Right. But you did, I'm not happy with, but I will never stop exactly. loving you. That is not, you yeah. know, that's your behavior doesn't negate right. how does it that's not barometer. Right. I love you a little bit. I love you a lot of it. I love right. you some of it. <laughs> you know, so right. the barometer yeah, well, yeah, I, you know, this is us always. Just but I think that you know your insight your voice matters um in the small spaces as well as the big spaces so I'm excited to see how God is going to use you um with that um and, and being a boy mom like that's different um but also like I said in your profession um and what you're doing mm-hmm. but I think that even coming on here is going to resonate even more so I thank you for the tips and the tools that you provided here for me and for our listeners. Um, and I just thank you for being kind of being my friend. Thank you, Simone. I love you. <laughs>